What's going on, fans? My name's Josh. As always, I'm here joined by Matt. What's up, guys? Now that I have my pants on, Matt and I are going to talk about <laughs> women in Hollywood and um, the new fall TV lineup. Sure. And this is the Nerd Force Podcast. So, Matt, what do you got for other news today? All right, so before we get into our topic, we'll go with other news. Um, here's one thing that I thought was really cool, and I really didn't... We didn't talk about this, and I don't know how this was off of our radar in any way, but Netflix is, is uh, putting out the show called Six Underground. Have you seen this? Oh. It's a movie. Yeah. Yeah, not a show, but yeah, a movie. Oh, it's not a series? It's yeah. a movie? It's, okay. it's with Ryan Reynolds, well, yeah. I was going to say, because based on the trailer, if they if this was a series, I'm like, oh, oh my God, did Netflix break the bank? Mm-hmm. Because the, the effects are incredible. It's a Michael Bay. Yeah, it's so, Michael Bay yeah. featuring Ryan Reynolds. Yep. And Ryan Reynolds has been doing marketing for this, as he typically does for his movies yeah. now. Especially yeah. after Deadpool. Yeah. And so, um, if you haven't seen Ryan Reynolds' tweets on this, Ryan Reynolds tweeted the old school like Netflix envelope with the DVD inside of it. And nice. a DVD envelope oh, cool. that had had like uh, um, like the 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 title and the synopsis of it. Nice. And he's like he's like in your mailbox on December and then whatever day it's yeah. coming out. Yeah. And then then like later on like the next day he's like. I've, evidently, Netflix has like the streaming thing that they're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get on my Twitter feed more. I gotta get on my yeah. Twitter feed. More. Yeah, you get on the Net or the Nerdforce one. Yeah, sometime, and, and uh, I've got following home on that one. Yeah, that's great. So it looks, it looks, it looks amazing. It really looks good. So, like you said, basically, so um, what I grabbed from the trailer is like two minutes and thirty seconds. It was a pretty long trailer. But basically, there's six six individuals that all have declared themselves as dead. Yeah. And obviously, six underground. Yeah. Hence the name, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and their main goal is they're basically kind of like vigilantes in a sense. Oh, okay. And what they're doing is, is they're basically just going around the world and wiping out bad dudes, you know? And that's why, like, I, like you just said, it's a movie, which is great. I would love to see a series, but... Based on what I saw, like I said, the effects of the movie and everything, it's it is no expenses were spared. You know, it's complete. It's a complete Michael Bay movie. You feel it. You see it. Like when you see a Michael Bay movie, you get it, right? You always like you always hear the Transformer sounds and you always hear those other things and you can see that throughout throughout the whole thing. But what I really enjoyed too is that even though he's not playing Deadpool he still plays that witty character and he seems to have those little one-liners and, and things like that he throws in yeah you know so I think it's like you're gonna get Ryan Reynolds yeah what we being want Ryan Reynolds. being Ryan Reynolds being yeah. basically you're right yeah. being Ryan Reynolds yeah it's not really a typecast he's yeah. just he's playing into himself yeah and the the persona that he's built for himself i don't think that's really you know necessarily how he is as a person yeah i think from what i've heard about him he's he's pretty like introverted and is is not he's not as like open as he is like perceives himself to be yeah um and he kind of uses like deflects through comedy but you know i i don't um 
Uh, the persona that he's built up is definitely the the he's witty playing his persona. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it looks fantastic. I mean, I can't wait for it. And then I realize it's coming out. Like we're talking early twenty twenty too. So yeah. it's around the corner. I mean, it's going to be here soon. And I mean, we're going to hear more and more now as we go forward. But I, I mean, I got I got more information on him being involved in that new Clue movie, which we talked about yeah. uh, with Bateman. Than this. Than this. And yeah, like, where I think was that's this? probably. Well, I mean, everybody's going to... Anybody that has a Netflix account is going to watch it, right? And mm-hmm. everybody has a Netflix account. It's uh, going to be one of those hybrid releases. It's going to yeah, be in it's theaters not, and it, Netflix. Yes. So it's going to be Netflix. So Netflix bought out some theaters. Because mm-hmm. the only way that you can 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 earn a Emmy, or not is it not an Emmy, what's the, what's the Oscar? An yeah. Oscar is if you have movies that are playing in theaters. Right. So for Netflix to be able to earn Oscars for their movies, they had to have them play in theaters. And that's what they're doing with The Irishman. That's what they're doing with The Irishman. Um, but they bought out a theater chain. They bought out a company like AMC or something like that. I don't know exactly what the company is, but they, they now have a, their own chain of movie theaters. And they're able to go through and instead of pay and stuff so it doesn't does it it doesn't matter what you gross at the movie theaters which is as long as it's uh, at a movie theater as long as you have shown it at a movie theater correct well then hey you know what netflix do it because there's some so much quality stuff on netflix yep quality 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 that look and this looks so quality no i agree so and they got really a very diverse cast in it too um Corey Hawkins, uh, Melanie Laurent, and Robert. There's and you and the, uh, there's two other people too. I, I can't remember their names. Well, there's actually three other people that are part of the six. I can't remember their names, but they're all they're all like people that you would say, oh, I recognize them. I know them from something. When, like you know what Josh and I do. Yeah. We look at people and say, oh, that was the yeah. dude from. Never a name. Never a name. Mm-hmm. Usually, always a reference. I try to get names, but and I probably should just write them down. But I was so excited to see the trailer. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm gonna check it out. You gotta, yeah, oh gotta, yeah, yeah, definitely gonna check it out. I yeah. mean, you had me at Ryan Reynolds at that at that, mm-hmm. that movie. So you know, I, I mean, I'd heard the name before. Yeah. Um, and I had seen the tr- teaser for it, but um, you know, once that saw Ryan Reynolds was marketing for it and was attached to it, then yeah, yeah I'm definitely watching. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, Netflix, did you see the new Stranger Things trailer? No, I didn't. I, I had it queued. And I did not watch. Uh, all right, break it down. So I mean, you're not missing much. It's a teaser. It's it's Stranger Things. They 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 have like the title screen for Stranger Things four, and it's just you know Stranger Things, and then below that's the number four, and then it it kind of flashes between a negative shot of that. So I'm mean, like, if you think about like an old film reel, yeah, like a negative, like a true negative yeah. shot of that back and forth, and then. Then the Stranger Things logo starts getting eaten up by like the roots from the un- or from the upside down world, and then it goes into an upside down world, and then there's a clock over on that appears on this tree within the upside down world. To the left, there's a tree on this upside down world, and it, there's a clock in the middle of it, and and it are hollowed out within the 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 tree, and it starts clicking to midnight, and then stops at midnight, and then. It, and within text, it says, we're not in Hawkins anymore. And they're not. They're, yeah, I mean, so it, it, it depends upon, you could definitely take that from a, uh, 
a obviously point, the yeah the, the 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 reference that they're trying to pull from is is uh is um alice in wonderland or um not alice in wonderland wizard of oz but um you know you could take that from a literal standpoint too to where like half the cast has moved out Hawkins. right yeah so that was um, it that was it yeah, I mean, that was it. And then another point that you could take from that as well is um, the sheriff. Yeah. I'm going to forget the character's name, but, but the sheriff. Hellboy. Shir- yeah, Hellboy, the guy that plays Hellboy, um, is, is, had died, uh, presumably died within the last season. I wasn't season, convinced he died. But I wasn't either. I wasn't convinced. After rewatching a few times yeah. and, and seeing like some other like synopsis and things, and we broke it down on this um, podcast. Um, yeah, and there's we didn't go over this though. And I want to take this point to go over this. There was a there was a number. So, so the guy that plays the the sheriff or Hellboy within here after the premiere or after the premiere of Stranger Things, like a couple days after, he started changing his Twitter profile to a number, a single number. First it was a six, and then the next day it was a one, and the next day it was an eight. Ultimately, end up being a phone number. And it was the phone number for Murray Bowman or uh, Bauman, which is the conspiracy theorist, the Russian um, yeah. conspiracy th- or not? Ru- he wasn't a Russian. He was a conspiracy theorist for like Russian conspiracies on the show. Um, and I've got it here. I want to play it really quick. You, you called the number. You can call the number. Did you? I am about to. I was gonna say yeah. I was. I was my my phone was up. So yeah. let's call it. Let's call it right, right now. Hold on. Here is the number, and let me. So they set up this number. Um, I, I haven't heard the full thing, but I've, I've heard the pieces that that actually mean something for the next season. So he calls Joyce, yeah, um, presumably after season three, um, or or it leaves this message for Joyce after season three. And he says, you know, I've I've got something, but it's perhaps better that we don't meet in person. It's not good. It's not bad, but it is. Um, and so. Th- Coupled with the Russians going through and and meeting with the the um, the monster at the end of the post credit scene of, of season three, 
and talking about specifically the American, um, it, it seems like um, the the sheriff is still alive. I, I, I'm terrible. I, I'm sore that I can't remember his name at all. Hellboy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously Hellboy, but he's... He's such a good. Did um, you have his pop there. figure upstairs? I've got his pop figure upstairs, the one with the MP, or the the Magnum PI Magnum shirt. PI shirt. But yeah, but I mean, it's uh, it's definitely interesting. No, I think it's I think that's so smart and it's so cool because people are so engaged in this and they're so into it and I mean it's a phenomenon. It really is and. And I think that that you know that type of marketing that they did with that that's just that's cool that's really cool I love that that's almost like a Ryan Reynolds type of marketing strategy yeah no definitely mm-hmm. like you could definitely see like him setting up a um, a uh, a hotline as yep. Deadpool as Deadpool something like that yep doing like that you could do like a Deadpool like like um, nighttime story like bedtime story type of thing. As uh, or as Deadpool, <laughs> that'd be so great. great. Like they've got the kids things. I mean, I know my kid; he's got like the we've got the um, Disney, Disney like with the Disney characters and stuff. And, God, that'd be so great. Hopper, Hopper, Jim Hopper, is the character's name off of. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of with uh, David Harbor, who's going to be in Black Widow. By the way, yep, no. he's the Russian. Yep. Very cool. All right, so I think this kind of fits in with uh, the Six Underground. Not really our normal genre, but I think it's cool. Is uh, Eddie Murphy's new movie coming out, Dolomite? Have you heard about this? Uh, no, I've heard nothing about this. Nothing? It's so All right, so Dolomite is basically... It's, it's, it's a movie that was done before, and it goes back to... Um, I guess the term is, is black exploitation type movies back in the 70s. Yeah. With like Shaft and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, what was the, the um, kung, Afro Kung Fu or whatever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like that type of... Exactly. So Eddie Murphy's redoing this, and it is littered, littered with talent. I mean, there's, I mean, just watch the trailer, and there's so many people that you know that are in that in that particular one. And so basically the storyline is... Um, Eddie Murphy's character, um, and I think the guy's name is Rudy Rudy Ray or Rudy something. Rudy Rudy Ray. Oh, hold on. Um, Rudy Ray Moore. Rudy Ray Moore is the real guy, and he created this character, this alter ego type person, which is Dolomite. And what's funny though is like, I mean, if you listen to like older rap songs too, like Dolomite, like Snoop talks about him all the time. Yeah, like some of his raps and stuff, and he's come up in numerous rap songs. But um, Snoop's in the movie. Okay, so th- that's just one of many cameos. Yeah, but playing himself yeah. within the movie. Or? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think he's playing like some type of a DJ or something. I can't tell oh. for sure. But but the movie is based on what you just said, and it was like again, it's an over the top type of thing where it's like the whole black pimp dude that knows karate type mm. thing you know and basically he gets out of prison and he owes money to somebody this other guy that that's no the other guy set him up to get him put in prison he gets out 20 years later now he's out dolomite's out of prison 
and now he's getting revenge, but it's through this whole Dolomite persona, and it's like the whole thing with the... If you've ever... I'm trying to think, like... I mean, I keep going to Shaft, but there's so many other ones... Yeah. ...that, that, that were produced at that time, and it was definitely... What was the, what was was the, the Dynamite one? There was one that was something Dynamite, or... No, that you're you're thinking um, um, uh, Jimmy from uh, Good Times. No, there was there was like Afro Dynamite or something like. Oh, that. Oh no, there's oh there's probably Black Dynamite was one. Well, but you're, I thought you were talking about the uh, show uh, that I just mentioned with uh, the one skinny guy that I used yeah, to always with, say with, Dynamite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, different strokes. Yeah, or no, no, not, not, different no it was yeah. Good Times. Good Times. Yeah, good you're times, right. Yeah. Good Times. Yeah, that was a great show too. Yeah, that really was an amazing show. Both really good times and, uh, and different strokes. Oh, both of them were great really shows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I used to love different strokes growing up. I just I think it's so I I I love I love the take on this, and I think this is going to be a vehicle that's going to take Eddie Murphy back to where he needs to be. Yeah. Just okay. So again, hold on for one second. We brought back one. We brought back one holiday Hollywood icon. Okay. So I'm ready to bring back two. So I'm going to bring back Eddie Murphy on this one. I'm going to tell you what. Eddie Murphy, based on this role, this is a Netflix thing. The same way that Six Under is, Underground's going to be. It's going to be a Netflix thing where they're going to do a theater release too. And I bet you there's going to be some buzz on this. Now, who Who's the first um, Hollywood person that we brought back? Um, one Mr. Keanu? You don't oh, know. Keanu Reeves? Okay, yeah. You for, how could you forget? No, no, I was just making sure that I understood you know, what I mean, you are talking about. I mean, I mean, I know we haven't received a gift basket yeah. or anything yet from him, but, but um, I mean, you know, did we not resurrect his career? I believe that that is up for the fans to, to, to <laughs> I will take all the credit for it, if, if we can get all the credit. Yeah, it's definitely a crowdsourced effort. <laughs> but anyways, I just think it's so interesting that we're taking a piece of cinematic history in that period of time with those type of movies, and we're going to be able to um, take them, refine them, and reproduce a, a type, a form of entertainment that was extremely successful, but also groundbreaking at, in, at its time as a way... For these folks to be able to, and I say these folks, I should yeah. say, I should be clear, it's African Americans yeah. being able to move forward as they should and have, you know, the same types of opportunities that other individuals had back then. They did it on their own, and they did it through these type of movies. Well, it, was, it was it was back um, when 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 African American culture, when when black culture was was very big. Yeah. Within um, within urban areas or, or even you know, regardless of the area within within black communities yeah. and there was no representation of it like you you had we've, we'd been through the civil rights movement and and you know we were coming we were a, we were a nation coming out of of um of bigotry as far as as segregation and things like that well yeah and we were this we, was we kind of the last of yeah yeah this was kind of the last frontier yeah to where that hadn't been conquered yeah. or or at least like one frontier that hadn't been conquered and it, it was in a way that 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 was was featuring uh, that was featuring black individuals catering to a black community um in a way that fit into the same genre that other people were watching i mean this was the 
the same time as um, you know uh, of um, well, kung fu lethal a, weapon and well, stuff no, it was like, before that before lethal weapon. It but, was before all that. So basically, it's like in the kung fu genre. Kung fu, so you're back. Yeah. To, you're in like the Enter the Dragon. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Chuck Norris, yeah. earlier Chuck Norris stuff. Yeah. All the Bruce Lee stuff was going on. Yeah, you had and, um, yeah. What's who's the guy with the ponytail? Um, that was later, though. Stigall. Was that still later? Yeah, Seagal. He's a little bit later. Uh, okay. A little bit. Not. I mean, he's a little bit later. I mean, but I think when we look at, like, if we were to if we were to align this with what was going on, like other in other areas, that was the same point where we were having a difficult time even getting Asian Americans on screen, and that's when Bruce Lee, yeah, tie in very nice to what we do when we talk about, and he got the job of Kato. On the Green Lantern series, yeah. So that was that was huge too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And obviously, I've read the biography on Bruce Lee, which is absolutely fantastic yep. and fascinating, and and wonderful, and it's inspirational from like so many perspectives. You know, just overcoming the obstacles that he did, but just his, you know, the leadership skills that he demonstrated, the entrepreneurship that he demonstrated, mm -hmm. just who he was as an individual. And that's why Bruce Lee still resonates today. That's why we're seeing kids well, you wearing Bruce Lee shirts today. Exactly. You yeah, know. I mean. So. Um, I mean, his his Funko Pops still like sell out like crazy. Oh, the, and, and it just makes complete sense. So there will never ever. I don't care what anybody. There'll never be another Bruce Lee. No. There will, ne there will never not. be one. You can have. And don't get me wrong. I I've watched every Steven Seagal movie. Well, I I should I should say that I should watch. Everyone he made up until like the nineties. <laughs> I didn't yeah. really watch the DVD street releases, but um, and nor did I watch his uh, series when he was a police officer. Police officer. Yeah. I, I watched maybe one or two of those. But I mean, again, the other pieces you had the Chuck Norris ones too, Missing in Action, those Chuck Norris movies that were back in the time too, and and and, and actually Chuck Norris and Bruce did a lot of stuff together. Yeah, you know, and, I, and again, I, the I am not trying to say any stretch of the imagination that Chuck Norris you know helped drive that but chuck norris was also a person that supported it and was in the movies and to try to you know i mean his presence too was a help was a bridge in a sense to try to get that to move further and i think that you know it, it definitely helped because really there was a period of time where there was a ton of kung fu movies i mean yeah, a ton yeah of that was a big movies. genre it's a big genre, and this ties in. It's under that same type of time frame umbrella, but it has the other component of the, you know, just the African American component with the black exploitation type movies and stuff that was going on. So, or, and I'm, I'm probably saying it the wrong way. Yeah. I think it's black. I, I can't remember how, how how you say it, but regardless, I I think it looks really cool, and I'm telling you, I think that this might be where we can see Eddie Murphy's true genius shine because we have coming out from eddie murphy's we have beverly hills cop 4 we also have um uh coming to america yeah the sequel so we have those coming out as well on the heels of this so but what i really wanted people to take away and, and from this is that you know eddie murphy's done a whole bunch of stuff like you know haunted mansion he's done some other things here and there that have never really been. I mean, we had the what the the nutty professor, clumps, the nutty professor, the clumps, or whatever it was. They were all really funny, and you know. But I mean, again, coming to America was fen phenomenal, yep. especially when you watched it and didn't realize he was all those characters. Yep, that was so cool, you know. And he's so super talented. And like I remember, like, and this is probably predating you, Josh, a little bit, but 
Like he had this comedy stand up called Raw. Yeah, the one with the red red leather. Red, yeah, suit. red and black yep. leather. Yeah. So he like that. I remember going and paying to go see at the movies, and it was packed. I mean, that's was his height. I mean, as Beverly Hills time and all that type of stuff too. So, anyways, bottom line, that was the '80s, but this is early '70s stuff. It looks super cool. I, I really want to see it. I mean, I like Shaft. So, I mean, I thought those were really cool. I like all those kind of movies. So, anyways, it's coming. I think it's going to be big. I think it's going to be on, like I said, Netflix in, in a theater to be able to get him some, some buzz. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, this is a uh, very, very... Uh, I think it's an interesting um, approach that Netflix has taken. So, anyways, that's coming out. So, wanted to throw that out there. Um, all right, the other thing that I thought was pretty cool that I saw too. Did you see the um, thing about the Big Lebowski spinoff? No. Oh yes, it's called Jesus Rolls. Uh, so you no, remember the no. character in Big Lebowski named Jesus? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jesus Quintero or Quintero yeah, yeah. or Queen Queen Quinon Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah. This. yeah, and it was um the um what's his name um uh. Jeez, I'm forgetting his name. If I say his name, everyone's gonna know. <laughs> Jesus, I forget. I can see. I, you know what? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get what else he's done, and I'll come back on him. Uh, dark, dark-haired guy, tall, thin. Um, he played. He's played such good. He's played some really good parts. Um, yeah, he's in a bunch of Adam Sandler movies. Um, oh, jeez. So. Uh, well, so anyways, um, this movie's coming out. It's a spinoff, and it's going to be on this guy. Not, obviously, it's going to be built around bowling, but I'm not sure what the whole premise of the movie is. I didn't really get, could, couldn't really find what the premise was, but this is going to have an early 2020 release here in the States. Now, they're going to release it earlier in Italy at some type of like art festival or some film festival over there. Yeah, um, the same John Totoro. John Totoro, and he played this other role, dude. That he was so good in, and I and I and I really wish I could remember it. He was a lawyer, and he had a skin irritation, and he used to have to wear like Velcro shoes and stuff like that. He had like psoriasis or something like that, and um, the character. Oh man, I just wish I could remember that what it was, but that whatever that show was. <laughs> He he played this lawyer part, and he it was great. He, he the guy's super talented, and um, so anyways, that's coming, and I can't wait to see that. And it's gonna have in it, which I thought was really cool too. Here's some of the people they got to be in the movie with him. Um, is uh, Pete Davidson, obviously of SNL fame, right? You got John Hamm, and you also got um, Susan Sarandon's in it as well. And there's some other people too that we that we would all know. But uh, bottom line, I think, you know, if you don't know, like, and understand and appreciate the Big Lebowski, Big Lebowski fan base for that rivals, like, fan bases for, like, oh, okay, I'm going to stretch just a little bit here on this one, like Star Wars. They literally have, uh, con- yeah. they have conferences. Yeah, I, I would say as I far mean, as, like, present, it, it, pre- Pre like um, sequel series or sequel trilogy, I would say okay with that. But since the like the resur- resurgence, yeah, I'm just trying to think of something that I can say. That, I would say yeah. like it's it's probably on par with that of like Clerks or or even like yeah. well, Boondock I mean, Saints. 
Well, but I mean, I'm talking like about people like I had friends. No, yeah, yeah. there are people that, that do like, like watch drove, parties, drove from yes. Pittsburgh to DC, have, have to dress white up Russians their, and dress yes. in their bathrobes, yep. and they go to a conference and they basically discuss the movie and break it down line by line, have a viewing, and everybody comes and talks about it. And I'm like thinking, there's, the, I mean, it, it, I mean, yeah, think about it. like John Goodman's in it. You know, there's yep. a ton of great people in that in that in that movie. And um, so I just I I never really I liked the Big Lebowski. I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. The dude and all that stuff. But there's a subculture for this that's bigger than what you think. You know, it's not like I mean, if you're not in tune with it, you may not know it. But look it up because I'm telling you what this is. It's a big deal. And this Jesus roll things. I mean, if if they have the same scrutiny on this as fans of other genres i.e. like star wars or uh, maybe i'll put on how about i put on the line of battlestar galactica maybe yeah that's probably more poor you know what i mean something like a little bit less rabid yeah but there's still enough rabid people that really dig this man so i i i like it i think it's a cool idea so what i like too is that they're not retreading they're taking the one character and if i'm not mistaken isn't this the dude that had like the rose in the glass ball, isn't that's the guy, right? Yeah, I mean, I believe so. I think it's, it's him. um, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, but I haven't seen it in quite some time either, but I think that's who it he's is. He's the one that licked the ball for L- sure, exactly. Yeah, um, I, I think that the rose wasn't the rose in oh, that was the, in that was a, Bowfinger, wasn't it? No, not Bowfinger, it was uh, with Woody Harrelson where he's Amish in a bowling. Wasn't that Bowfinger, though? No, that was uh, Randy Quaid was the Amish dude. And that was called... Uh, not Bo- Bowfinger was actually Eddie Murphy. Um, and that wasn't a very good one. Um, it was called uh, Kingpin. Kingpin, that's right. Kingpin, that's what it was yeah, called. Yeah, that's what it was. That's that was really that was a great yeah, movie too. That was I always really funny. Freak, I always get those two mixed up. They really that was a really funny movie. So, anyways, I just threw that out there. I thought that was a, that's a neat little tidbit that's coming out soon. So, check it out, man. Check it out. Um, the last thing I really wanted to touch on, and uh, again, something we kind of talked about before. I'm not. I'm. I can't even. I, okay, I'm not. I'll be straightforward. I'm not excited at all about it. Um, it's Batwoman coming out. It's going to start Sunday on the CW. Yeah. I just really am not. I'm going to watch it. I guess I'll give everything a chance. I'm going to try to go in and just watch watch it and see what I think about it. But based on the trailers and kind of what I've read, you know, in the media, a little bit about this, it's like I think the CW is is trying to take one component of this particular character and blow that one piece out way beyond what it should be. And in my mind, I think it's going to detract from really what I think Batwoman is supposed to be. And we've, we did, we touched on this before. We talked about it before. But, I mean, I get it. She's gay. And, I'm, and that's fine. But that does not need to be the premise of what she is and who she is. It's just part of what she is. And I think, you know, that, you know, when we get into this, it's going to be... I just don't... I, Again, my gut's telling me they're not going to handle Batwoman the way the Batwoman should be handled. Yeah. 
I don't know what you feel about it, but yeah, I mean it's it's the same um, thing as that's that was um, Bill Murray that had the the rose. Oh, that's what it was, Bill Murray. Yes. Yeah. Um, but Charleston native. Yeah. yeah, Charleston native for you. Yeah. Um, Not native, but resident. Resident. Yeah, long, long time resident. Um, very, very influential figure within Charleston, actually. Oh, um, he's dude. All right, well, let's go on a tangent. Like, I mean, if you, living in Charleston, Bill Murray is basically a, kind of like a god. I think. I mean, he's very involved in the, the uh, River Dogs, which is the minor league baseball. He owns team it. Here. Yeah, he's, he's him the and his brothers. And if his you brother. see, if yeah. you see his brother walking around, they look identical yeah. almost. You know, so. Um, but the other thing is, like, you know, on the back of people's cars, there's stickers of him. There's, yeah. I mean, there's it's a like, subreddit on Reddit oh, for yeah. um, Bill Murray mm-hmm. spottings within Charleston. Oh, yeah. And then he just, like, does stuff in Charleston. He's just like, if you're sitting down and eating and he walks into a restaurant and you look at him and you're like, oh, that's Bill Murray. He comes over to your table. He, like, pulls a chair out, sits down, yep. and then gets a fork and starts eating off your plate yep. and, and bullshitting with you. Yep. You know what I mean? That's the kind yeah, of guy that, a, yeah, uh, that that's all. I just wish I could run into him. Yeah, there was, there, was a, there was a couple that was taking over on um, East Bay. Like, there's that Mexican place, like, right before you get yeah. to Market Street. Uh-huh. Um, he, they were taking this um, their wedding photos on that wall that's in front of that Mexican place. And so Bill evidently goes to that Mexican place quite a bit and enjoys the music and stuff there. And he was walking out, and he photobombed the couple as they were yeah. taking their engagement photos. Yeah. And... He they, he starts walking off. And they're like, uh, Miss Mr. Murray. Um, he turns around. And they're like, Can you take a few more with us? And, and so like they've got an entire engagement album now oh, with Bill, Bill Murray. Murray. That's awesome. That's just so, crazy. So he's a really good dude. Yeah, he's he's a fantastic guy. He's just yeah. a really stand up guy. But yeah, not to I'm sorry, not to escape from your subject there. Yeah. Um, the you know with with any character, if you take a piece of that character, in this case is Batwoman. And then you focus in on that one piece and not give a diversity to the character as far as character traits go. Mm. You're doing a complete disservice of the character. Mm. Now, with Batwoman, it seems like they're doing that, but that could be a marketing ploy to get um, people to, to be on the cutting edge of things and to get people to watch. It could I be. think it's probably going to do the opposite of that. People are, you know, ha- I think people are sick of having like. This PC stuff like slammed down their throat, and people are smarter than that. At least I hope people are smarter than that to, to yeah. fall for something that oh she's gay. This is this is cutting edge. Nobody's gay these days. Well, and you that's know, the thing too. It's not okay to be gay. And people thing, don't accept and that. Other, pe- other people that don't read comics yeah. and stuff are gonna be like, what? What comic there's book a, character that's gay? gay and they're part of the Bat yeah. family? Yeah, no, there's been yeah. plenty of comic book oh, characters. Absolutely, Iceman was gay. Yeah. Um, she's gay. She's been gay yeah. for a long time in the comics. Um, I yeah. mean, there's been lots of people within the comics that've been gay. I mean, yeah. and and it's socially acceptable now. Like it's it's not a part of people. Don't I think that people generally don't care. Like people don't care who you who, what you do in your bedroom or who you do it with. Yeah. I mean, as long as they're of legal consenting age, as long as they they understand what they're doing and they they have the the brain capacity to be able to understand what they're doing. That's a choice. It it's a choice. It's you a choice. And you I, I, I could care less. I think most people are like that. I could absolutely care less. So you know, but I just, I just, again, I, I still, 
I mean, call me like the old curmudgeon or the old purist or whatever you want me to call it, me or whatever. Yeah, it's not that if we. But again, now if, if we had, it's not some, what I want. My, I want. I want to know the other things about Batwoman. Exactly. Before I know that, like I mean, it's not even before it, I know that you can make it a a strong piece of the character, sure. Yeah. But it shouldn't be the strong. It shouldn't be the single point that you're trying to draw with the character. Well, and the other point too is I, I get that. All the people that are associated with the Bat family have issues. Okay, let's just—I mean—that's clear. They all have—they all struggle and understand that 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 relationship with Bruce is 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 a nurturing relationship, but it's also a very detrimental relationship. And I think yes. that if it's been, if it the it's, it has been displayed, I think extremely well in Titans. Titans yes, I think Titans has really yep. been able to explain it. And, and, and show those pieces. Well, and again, only going on the trailer. So again, this is one of those speculation type things. But her immediate disdain, the way she talks about the Bruce, suit needs yeah. fixed and this. Yeah, like, yeah. hold on a second. Hold I, 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 on. Remember she's talking to Guy Fox, or to, yeah. to Fox, and he's like, well, I designed the suit. It's perfect. And she's like, it will be. Yeah. Once that's made for a woman. Like, no, no, it no. doesn't matter. You're, the suit doesn't make Batman. Thank you. The Batman makes the suit. Yes, exactly. And, yeah. it, you know, it's... It, the, the, the cowl isn't what makes... The cowl identifies the person behind it. Right. And so, you know, to be able to put the cowl on, you have to, you have to reach a certain point. Yeah. And, and if you reach that certain point, then that's great. Then, and, but the, the story should be... How? Why does she deserve to put the pet? Thank the cow you. On? Exactly. That is my point. That is exactly what I'm saying, Josh. Exactly. Yeah. And you're completely correct. I can't agree with you more on that point because I, I, I do. I have a reverence for the cow more than most, and I completely agree. Yeah. With I you. mean, there's been very few people. Yeah. Within the history of comic books, I've been allowed to be put on the cow. Yeah. Exactly. She's sure. one of very few. Exactly. Yeah. Now she does doll it up a little bit, but you know, yeah. you know, right. hey, whatever. But anyways, so bottom line, it's coming out Sunday. We're gonna, I will watch it. We will definitely talk about it. Yeah. I will watch one episode, and if it does intrigue me, I will hook onto the next one. But yep. um, and we'll we'll goes. review it fairly here. Yeah. Now let's. I will. Let. Oh, <laughs> I will too. I mean, no, I will too. I mean, I definitely. I mean, I I want it to be better than what they're showing, and if it is just a hook. A marketing hook to get people to get invested That's, into I'm this universe, that it and is. I hope that it is. I yeah. hope that it is, because, but that's a risky that's a risky grab though, because it could turn the core people off. Yes. So what are you looking for? Well, I think I think they've got the core people hooked just because it's going to be well, a, they get, yeah, a well, you got, show about Batman again, I just about got somebody in the Bat family. Yeah, what did I just say, right? We're going to watch it. I'm going to watch. Yeah, I'm going to exactly. watch it. So. so I mean those people are kind of that were kind of on the fence about another CW show maybe. Yeah. They would have been, yeah, you know. But so we'll see. I mean, it's got to have that CW flair. So, anywho, um, but I will. I want to switch back real quick. We just kind of touched on it when we were talking about Titans too. I cannot, again, express how much I think the Titans have hit the mark mm-hmm. and have done such a great job. And I'm telling you, what the production quality of season two has their game has gone up, 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 
Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's incredible. Just wait until you get to, to this week's episode. Oh, so I've, I'm all the way up. They just released the episode yesterday. Yeah, today. Or yeah. today, and you watched it already. So, yeah. But it is um, it is solid. Rock solid all the way up and down. Good yeah. characters. Great. I mean, everything's, everything's good. I mean, there's just... I can't... I can't find flaws yet and i'm trying but i can't find anything i mean i mean there's a few discrepancies that i can maybe pull out but for the most part i mean they're they're hitting everything and and i really one thing that i really enjoy out of the whole thing too is that you know the development that they the time and development they have they have spent with dove and hawk yeah as well and I think that's really cool because it, I mean they're they're used as a bridge for a lot of the emotional pieces and stuff like that that go on in the show, but I think that that's an underdeveloped pair. I mean they had their runs, they did their books and stuff, and I get all that, but you know you wouldn't think that they would have invested this much into them, and they're I mean they've invested, invested a lot, a lot into them, yeah, a lot. And yeah. I think that the two people that play those characters, and I can trust me, don't know their names, no. But they're really good, yep. and they couldn't have got better characters. I mean, they, I mean, mannerisms, body types, the whole dealio. They, they, they hit, they hit the marks on every character in that show. Not one character is out of place for me. Yep. I don't know how you feel about it, but no, I just can't I say enough. I couldn't agree more. Like there, there's very little that that show's gotten wrong. I can't specifically, especially within season two, I can't really specifically point a finger. Yeah. As to like this was wrong, this was wrong. I mean, you were talking about the relationship between Batman and Robin, or Batman and the Bat Family, and that's very prevalent within yeah. this um, story uh, line. Um, there, the thing that I love about the comic book movies and TV shows is that they can go there. They can be a little bit more liberal as far as what they, they do with the comic book movies and TV shows because comic book readers and comic book fans are, are used to having storylines readapted. Oh, absolutely. With new 52, with rebirth, stuff like that. You know, you're, you're, um, you don't good point josh you don't you don't have to have verbatim the same thing that that happens within the comic books as it does within the movies as we as we've learned with um the mcu and same thing within tv shows and they've taken it to a point where it doesn't follow the comic books verbatim at all it's um but it's a readaptation if as if you were reading it straight from the panels of a readaptation from it has the same feel, yeah. The same relationships, it's just told in a different way. I agree. One thing else I can say about that too, the personas of the individuals and the characters are solid. Yeah. So that stays true. So they've taken the dynamics and the personal components of the individual characters and have kept that tight. Mm-hmm. And I can say right now, Deathstroke. Phenomenal. Dude, yeah. outstanding. Just wait until you see this. The guy's outstanding. Yeah, outstanding. That guy's great. Um, uh, Morales. Yeah, got his last name. Eric. Yeah. Erica. I think Eric. Eric Morales. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, very. I'm not good. gonna look it up. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's he does a really good job, and he's definitely uh, he does wait. Just wait until you see this week's episode. Yeah. Cause he, does a really good job in this week's episode. Yeah. So, so you're going to ask, do you want to do that thing about, you're going to ask about Aqualad? I wasn't going to ask about Aqualad, I don't remember. I thought you said you wanted to say, ask me something about Aqualad. 
Um, so they're going know. back and forth. They're How do you so, feel about Aqualad? How do I feel about them? Within the TV show. That was, that was kind of like one of the things that I felt like they kind of... Did, I, 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 I wasn't crazy about well, what they did. But they went back to... Because this is the new Titans, right? So yeah. they went back to the old the Titans. The old Titans, yeah. I, I appreciate like the, the backtrack and the, the yeah. flashback to that. I don't... I'm not crazy about like... I, I mean, it seems like Aqualad's going to play a bigger role later on at some point. I wasn't crazy about the way that they presented Aqualad within... Within this, this that that well, episode, they portrayed him basically as a pining. Like, well, no, no, the way that they portrayed him, the character, I'm fine with. The way that they just like boom killed him off, I wasn't crazy about. Well, he's not dead, obviously, but the way that they the what what you perceive, yeah, well, what you perceive at yeah. the end of the episode is, is the way. That yeah, but I mean stuff. that also that, and I and I know I appreciate what you're saying, but that other that's the other piece that you see is that. He reacted before the shot was fired and moved to be able to take that before it hit Wonder Girl. Mm-hmm. So, so that just reinforces all the other type of, like you know, his uh, ongoing uh, like, oh, why doesn't she like me? Thing, you yeah, know what I mean? The whole that, that whole thing, and that's fine. I'm cool with that. That didn't bother me that much because. But I think that, you know, that's, you know, it's hard because I'll be honest with you. Up until Momoa and stuff like that, I mean, I just never liked Aquaman. I just yeah, I think never most did. That way. And, I, and I'll be honest, I, you know what I did like? I did like the New 52 and the Throne of Atlantis run that they did in the comics when they relaunched um, all the comics for DC. The New Fifty Two had a had a run called uh, the Throne of Atlantis, and it involved obviously clearly involved Aquaman, right? And it obviously was it was a real, that was a great that was a great it was a lot ton of crossovers and stuff like that too, but that was a really cool that was a really really cool um, run, and I liked it, and it made me rethink my opinions of Aquaman because I mean I go back to just like how goofy he was with Justice League like Justice Friends and like in the cartoons and how he's yeah. seahorses and all that other BS and yeah. I just always thought it's like he's such a useless dude you know but in a sense I mean I get it they they did such a good job in 52 that it made me be a little bit more understanding of the character but then in Titans the way that they portrayed him was a little bit to, to my liking was of course he's Australian Mm. You know, and he's doing this whole. I just like he. All he wants to do is understand like why why Wonder Girl doesn't like him. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. Whatever, I can get over that piece. But so I don't know. The only thing I can say is that the if I just take that out, and I'm trying to trying to take something away from the scene where, and again, spoiler alert, you should be watching anyways. Yeah. That he Deadshot has now been, uh, and we don't know who actually has uh, contracted this. Yeah, we don't know that yet. No. Um, obviously, he's been contracted to take out either Wonder Girl or all the Titans. I'm assuming all the Titans. So he's starting, and they happen to be together somewhere, and he has that Aqua sense. Yeah. Lack of a better term. And he knows that Deadshot, that he feels something's going on. So he turns 
and uh, takes a bullet that's coming straight for him and uh, and uh, uh, Wonder Girl. And how about the uh, the old lady dude, the old the old lady Amazon? Yeah, I was kind of curious about that character too. Because yeah. is that meant to be um, Wonder Woman at that time? No, no, it's not. It's basically it's like an Amazonian guardian person. So what she does is she she uh, Wonder Girl at this point has gained the approval to be out and go kind of like do the whole uh, Amish rum shaker thing, go out and sow your oats type of yeah. deal. And find out and explore and, and learn and but but Wonder Girl has never left her own drive and her own realize, realization. Wonder Girl already realizes who she is and what her mission is in life and all that type of stuff. And this woman there is basically a conduit back to um, the Amazonian what's it called uh, Mashira or whatever it is the Amazonian island. And she's kind of like the care, caretaker in a sense. You know what I mean? Kind of like who you check in with and all that type of stuff. And that was her main point. So when she was ready to go back, which was what she was going to do, and leave and go back. But anyways, in this particular scene, the one shot hits Aqualad and he goes down. And then Deadshot takes another crack at Wonder Girl. And this the older lady, dude, she whips out this blade and she throws that blade. She swings it down there and she splits a bullet in half, dude. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that when awesome. that's when I like that's when I started wondering, like, huh? And that's when I, I started thinking, you know, like, like could this. Be well, she's awful? Amazonian too. Yeah, obviously she's Amazonian, but she didn't have she doesn't have like the same like yeah, but you got well all those brought like, out when you like skill set. like from the Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, I mean, but how, why? How many, how many badass yeah. women can you get in one spot? That is, just, I mean, that's awesome. But yeah. I mean, so she's obviously well trained. So, yeah. but um, so anyways, watch Titans. If you haven't been watching it, you've got, got to pick to it up. You've it. got to. Yeah. You've got to pick it up. So, anyways, that's all I really got on new news. I mean, Titans was kind of like a little add-on thing, but anyways. That's it. Um, one you thing got, I do want to mention. One, yeah. Yeah. So, um, obviously, news for the podcast. We've got um, tickets to go see the yes. Jane and Bob Roadshow coming to the Charleston area. Um, was it February 19th, something like that? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, be a nice little Valentine's Day date for Matt and I. Yeah. And uh, well, I, I think that. Uh, we will treat everyone to maybe a possible live feed, Josh. You think? Yeah, from what we're what we're able to. to no, live I mean feed. not a live feed of Kevin, of but Kevin, of us but being us stupid being before we go and, in, yeah, possibly. Line, yeah. Like that. If we can, then we're, you know, we're five yeah. row. We're on the fifth row, so yeah. we're hopefully we'll be able to to get close enough and yeah. I I, I get if, to meet some guys. if Kevin's true to how I think Kevin is, I'm sure we'll get an opportunity to get a, a shot with him too. So. Yeah. And would well, we will effort. Yeah, I think we need to get like a Nerd Force podcast T-shirts made yes. before then, so we can support those. Yeah, and, like you know, tell them how big of an inspiration yeah. he is for us. Yes, not only on the the movie front and comic yeah. book front, but also the podcasting front. Yeah, no, I think we, yeah, because I think I mean, once he gets wind, yeah. the next thing you know, we're going to be on Smodcast. Oh. We won't forget you guys. <laughs> you guys go with us wherever we go. You guys go right. So, um, he can resurrect our, our crew yeah. too. <laughs> um, but 
also with that, this past week, Kevin Smith announced um, client, or, uh, Clerks 3. Yeah. So Super cool. The Super cool. The... Um, the thing that was really holding that back is the guy that plays Randall yeah. um, wasn't one to do, do another one. Um, Kevin a, oh. and Jay went to go. Jason Muse went to go um, meet with. Oh, Halloran, right? Or uh, yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, went to go meet with him, and he's been willing now to do Clerks Three. So this guy, this is all he did. We actually we we brought that up. Yeah. Remember. Yeah, we did. Well, yeah, because we, we talked about this before. Yeah. Um, and he's he um, he did do, like, Zach and Marie make porno. He's done, like, some other smaller stuff, but he's never the stuff that's made it to the level that he's done with the Kevin Smith well, stuff. But I think he's also made a choice not to do it. Yes, yeah, it's been a very much a choice not yeah. to do it. It wasn't just that he wasn't wanted. He was yeah, a choice. Yeah, it's very much like a choice not yeah. to do things. So to bring him back, and, yeah, that's great. Dude, this is also the end of it, though. So this is going to be the end of the saga. Yeah. From from what I've read. Well, I think the script's being worked out. I don't know. Um, I would imagine it's probably going to be the end of the saga. They'll probably do focus in more on Mallrat. Like they'll bring everything to a close or a possible close, to where they could, you know, they could they could they could have it a point where they could close it out. But they could leave it open for other stuff if they if they ever want to do it to to where you know the the storyline of these people close out and then leave it, but not not like ex ex exclude anybody from yeah. so, doing another one if they want. Well, to. I think that well, if what Kevin wrote on Instagram though, he he was saying it's going to be a conclusion. Yeah, it's going to take yeah, you back to the beginning. The, yeah. And it's going to, in his words, a return. Well, it has to because they, they bought out the quick stop within Clark, Clerks 2. That was how Clerks 2 ended. Is yeah. that they bought out the quick, quick stop. I think it could have probably ended there, too, on a happy note. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, the same there, way there's that... There's more there. Yeah, I mean, there's more there. You want to kind of yeah. see them, yeah. them running them back in their element in the way that they were originally. Um, and then, uh, you know, you, I, I think that you probably end on the, on a similar note to say, you know, that this is, this is where things could end, you know, as, as not to like give a firm, like, you know, this is where like somebody died or something like that. You're not oh, gonna I don't, do that. I don't think that. I you think, know. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be an opus and I think it's going to be kind of a situation. And again, I'm completely just shooting off my ass here i have no idea yeah but i'm just what i would like to see it be is more of an opus and a conclusion to round out and again express those things like how you and i talked about in our kevin smith episode how who we related to and how we related to them and how in that period in our lives that these pieces made us feel this way or connect this way and obviously, you and I have grown and evolved since then. Yeah. These characters and these people have grown and evolved since then, too. And it's kind of like getting to that point where you want them to come to a point where you can get a sense of like thinking, okay, this is the direction they're going to go into, and this is it. This is, this is where they're going. This is where they're heading, and this has been the result of these other two pieces and these other two, char- these other two movies that have been, I think, again beautiful character studies yeah. and very i mean it, you know humor aside 
there's a lot of deepness in these individuals and we talked yeah. about that you know and i think that it's going to be able to take that deepness and if you really watch it on that level you'll be able to see and take them to this next point which is going to be to the point where people of that genre and that age or whatever wherever you went to you're going to be able to either appreciate it because you've been the same age and have gone to that point or you related to it at a, at, a, at a younger or an older age or younger age and then now you're going to be able to see where they go and i think that's going to be cool yeah so. yeah i mean um i'm just saying like i wouldn't rule anything out for it to continue in some way trust me if this makes enough money they'll be four yeah, yeah. They'll be, and then they'll, they'll bleed over. We'll have mall, mall more rats too. Yeah, exactly. and yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. But so tell me about um, something that I saw in the threads too was about the Aflac situation. So yeah, so, so what you're saying was Aflac's been. I know Aflac um, d- did some stuff for Jay and Silent Bob reboot, and they brought them in for some shoots for there. Um, Aflac and Kevin had a big falling out. Uh, and basically, the reason that this um, that this uh, this falling out happened was Kevin or that Affleck got married to Jennifer Garner. Oh, because all the weed smoking. No, so Kevin Kevin didn't smoke weed. Kevin and smokes weed every day. He smokes weed now every he day. He always smoked weed. No, no, he didn't. When did he? When when has he not smoked weed? Before. Before Zach and Marie make a porno, he didn't smoke weed. Okay, but that was also what ninety what two thousand like eight. Zach and Marie. Okay, okay. Yeah, Zach, what the one with Seth Rogen? I know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So Seth Rogen um, requested to smoke weed with Kevin Smith because he thought that Kevin Smith smoked weed a lot, and Kevin's like, you know, it makes me paranoid. The times I've tried it, I'm not really into it. Um, but you know, it's Seth Rogen. And you're, like, you're all too. Yeah, huh? 2008. 2008, yeah. God, dude, we're old. So, <laughs> yeah, so 2008, it I was. I always thought he did, though. No, he didn't. So, I mean, I just think. And then, like, then. You know, okay, okay, he, hold on. He got hold on some one good second. Stuff. I want to hear it, but before. But just so you know where I'm, where I'm rationalizing my opinions from. He's a. Like, I mean, chronic and blunt man. I mean, yeah, you yeah, would yeah, think yeah, that yeah. it was all part of. Like, I mean, I always thought that Kevin... And Jay and Silent Bob were oh, broken, oh. rolling doobies. But I always thought that it smoking was... Jay, smoking Jay, smoking bucks. Smoking Knock, 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 knock. Of course. So, um, so, you're telling me, during that period of time, that Kevin was not a smoker? Nope. Wow. He tried it, evidently, a couple times, but, like I said, it, he, he said that it made him paranoid. And he wasn't really crazy about it, um, mm-hmm. and he he didn't he was not really a drinker either. But he um, he just wasn't into it. And then then he smoked weed with Seth Rogen. Then he got into it, and Probably now because he's because he got some good weed. Yeah, he got some good stuff. He got some Kush Kush, and it was um, he's been into it ever since. So yeah. like huge into it, like like as part of Jay and Silent Bob reboot. They've came out with a new strain of weed promoting Dance of Bob Reboot. Fantastic smart. Yeah. Yeah. So And let me guess. Did Snoop make it for him? No, his guy so he's there's this big um, dealer or retailer within Oh, oh. um 
within King uh, Louis. Uh, caviar. Oh, okay. Um, right. uh, Have you heard of King Louis? No. Dude, King Louis. Okay. Can we sidebar? Yeah, we're gonna sidebar. Okay, sidebar. Um, King Louis. So King Louis is like this weed, just mastermind, dude. This dude is like the weed king. So, so all the hip hop dudes, right? They basically. He has this place, it's a nondescript, it's always a nondescript warehouse building of some kind. You know, you go into like the, you got to pull down the gate and the shut the door thing and go upstairs or whatever. So you go upstairs and it's legal where he's at. So you, he can sell this stuff too, but it's like more of an underground situation. But King Louie, so this guy has got weed that you just can't even believe. And like, you're talking like guys from like, you know, rappers and I'm talking like, the younger rappers, like your two chains and your, you know, this and your that guys, that that type of genre, where these guys are more um, attuned to weed and so forth, and they go up there and it's like it, it is crazy. He, they showed I watched a show on him, and they show him he has a vault, Josh, and it's a vault literally like Fort Knox. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is ginormous. It is King Louis. It's King Lu- it is King Louis. I, f- I figured yeah, it was. Caviar gold. Yeah, that's yep. King, yeah. It's made by King Louis. Yep. yep. So King Louis, this guy's, this guy's got it going on. I'm not kidding. So you go up to his joint, right? So he has like a bar and everything in there too. But he's got like like pinball machines and he's got Xboxes. He's got... And these dudes just come up there and hang out and they smoke a shit ton of weed and hang out, have a hell of a time. You know what I mean? And it is... It's crazy. And then when they showed him... Opening up his vault, it is. I don't even want to. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it's like six by six. I don't even know how big it is. It's just, it's just huge. Bags and bags and bags of weed, and you open and these and these guys that, like I said, they know weed more than anybody else. They're wild. They're like, ho, 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 and these and it's crazy. This guy's making. I don't even know what King Louis is worth, but I'm sure it's more oh, than sure most it's people in California. Yeah. So anyway, so King Louis made this strand for him. Yeah, that's yeah, what he does. He King, has different he, strands he usually for smokes, people. He usually smokes caviar gold made by King Louis. Yep. And he, he had King Louis um, uh, make this new mm-hmm. strand for him. Mm-hmm. So, so unsidebar, which was kind of in the topic, but back to the topic. So, anyways, this is the the split that he had with uh, Aflac. Affleck, yeah. So, but it wasn't due to the drugs. It was just that that um, that Jennifer thought that Kevin was a bad influence for Affleck, so she kind of forbade Affleck to to um, have anything to do with him. So, with Jay and Silent Bob reboot, somebody had mentioned to him like, "Hey, you should reach out to like because Jen and Affleck have split." Um, you should reach out to, to Ben and see if he wants to, to come yeah, and um, do something. But I find that odd because, I mean, he talked a lot. I mean, he, like, I know it wasn't that long ago, but, I mean, when he was Batflack and, and Justice League. About, I mean, that's yeah. less than three and years ago still, with Justice I'm, League. He, they were still talking. Yeah, I mean, it's still still. But really was that more friend. of a business talk thing? No, it wasn't. He was. He legitimately thought that he was he was a, married to, a to, good to Bat- Garner for a, a while. A good, a good Batman. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was when he was still married to Gardner too. Okay, so I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't out of like you know that he was necessarily it was because it was it was his friend or you know he yeah. wasn't going to go against him because 
He, he got dicked over the by The reason him I'm asking like a that. ton is because I don't know about it, and I just wanted to... No, yeah, yeah, no, no. So, I mean, but, yeah, so whenever he was doing the... He was he was finishing up on um, on Jan Silent Bob reboot. And somebody said, you know, you should try to see if Ben is willing to come in. He's like, you know, I haven't talked to him in, like, a decade. I don't know. Um, and so he, he's like, he's like, okay, well, I'll text him. And so he texts him, and then he goes... Uh, Ben's like, who's this? And he goes, he goes, this Ben? And he's like, yeah, who's this? And he says something to, to like show that it was Kevin. And he goes, Snoochie Boochie? No, it wasn't no. something like that obvious. It was, <laughs> it was okay. something that only they would know um, together. And so, or like something that sounded like Kev. Yeah. And so, um, without saying, hey, this is Kev. And so, um, uh, he he says something about like how the hell are you or something like that, and it's just been like, like they picked up as if they hadn't missed a day, and yeah. um, you know he's evidently he's going to be in Clerks Three. You'd probably be in every single Kevin Smith movie from Good for him here on out. No, again. Yeah, well, I just hope that I mean if he really has an issue and a big problem, I hope Ben gets it straightened out. You know, I mean I again we can. I, I, I did not dislike him as the bat. I, oh, I actually really liked him as. Bat. I dislike the writing. I mean, I, that's all I can say about that. I mean, I'm, we can go. That's a whole other podcast. We want to complain about all that stuff, but I, I, I did not think he was a bad Batman, and I think he had the potential to be a good, very, very, very good Batman. But what else? Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's really the story, um, for that. Cool. And that's, that's all we know about, um, Clerks 3. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Jan Silent Bob reboot comes out in a week. So we'll, we'll see what that turns out to be. And hopefully maybe we good. get a little bit at the show. Yeah. Yeah. We should get a little bit at the show at the, I mean, granted that's, you know, six months from now, but we'll, we'll um, we're four months from now. I know, but it so, just—it feels closer. We'll we'll definitely keep you here then. It feels closer. So, all right, cool. So, what you got? Uh, I know we want to talk about um, females in Hollywood, and this is kind of your thing that you set up. So, I want to give you the lead on it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, something that I just kind of noticed is a trend, which I'm not. I'm I'm very very happy to see. I'm pleasantly surprised that they're trying to to make more of an effort to portray women in a much more um, stronger light. In the sense that that they they're not sub characters in movies and things like that. They are the movie. And, you know, it just made me think of it as we were talking about this earlier, Josh, too. I didn't, I didn't mention it to you, but, like, I look at, like, the new Charlie's Angels that's coming out, too. So, the new Charlie's Angels, it shows those women, too. It's like they're strong female characters that just are ass-kicking female characters. And they're not, they're not attached to some other type of male character. They are literally it. That is the ass-kicker. Yeah. And I don't want to, like... I'm not trying to demean this, but like I look at okay, if I go see Rambo, yeah, you're gonna have Rambo, and then you mm-hmm. may have like some other ass kicking woman, yeah. 
That's, uh, so that's but, but it's always like a sidekick of uh, yeah. Rambo. The, we're getting into this genre where we're not talking sidekick women anymore. We're talking these women are the show. And I think that that's, that's hyperly important. I think it's awesome. Yes. And I really, I, I enjoy, you know, having strong female leads like this. And that's what I think Wonder Woman, that's why I loved Wonder Woman the movie. It was so solid, so good. That was fan. That was, I mean, obviously we've talked about that before too when it was on. But DC hit a home run with Wonder Woman and I think 84 is going to be just that much better. Yeah, and I think I, 84 Yeah, really I mean, good. and I think what Gail's been able to do bringing that to the forefront and 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 i'm not saying that wonder woman has given people um permission to go forward with this but i think they've given people a comfort level to be able to work in this genre and not genre and i don't mean genre in a sense that oh it's only women i mean genre in a sense that we can that people will accept appreciate and again let's not forget the bottom line right pay and appreciate and see this stuff, right? You know what I mean? So I think that's really what it comes down to, those type of factors. And um, we have one movie that's going to be coming out, um, which we know can carry it, and I think it's so awesome that they did it, which is Birds of Prey. So Birds of Prey is coming out, right? So strongly focused around Harley Quinn. It that well, it's the subtitle is the emancipation of the something something Harley Quinn, right? So That's the subtitle. And, and the, the entire, like, the the trailer that was just released yeah. is all Harley Quinn. It's all Harley. Well, Harley and her crew. But, yeah, it's no, all... No, it's all Harley Quinn. It is pretty and much all Harley Quinn. And a yeah. couple of flashes yeah. of her crew, yes. Exactly. And what I like, too, is that, again, this isn't... A, I don't want this to be a Spice Girls power thing, because that's not what this is. No. Let's just take the characters. Again, this is what I'm talking about with Batwoman, too. Let's just take the characters for what they are. And Harley from what Quinn, it looks like, that's what they're doing. That's exactly yeah. what they're doing. And it, they even go as far as in the trailer to say, you know, like, you know, she's done with the Joker. They broke up. They're done. So now, yeah, now maybe that breakup drives her further into this crazy thing that she does, you know. But if you don't remember, she stole Suicide Squad. Yeah. That she stole that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. Yep. And again, that's Margot Robbie, and she is fantastic. Yep. I mean, there there will in not every, be in, there in, will not be another Harley Quinn. There no, can't be. Uh, can't be. Not not like not like no. Margot Robbie. Um, there may be attempts. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, it will not work. She um, is the watermark. Yeah, I mean, in 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 the same way that they that 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 in every right that had. That that should have been a Will Smith movie, but true because true. they didn't they didn't play up the fact that you know it was it was because she was a woman or anything like that. It was because she outacted Robbie, dude. She outacted his ass exactly. She outacted him. The character was built correctly, mm-hmm. and then you let the character be the character. Yeah. You let the act a great actress act as the character. Yep. Yeah. Exactly, and and the, and same thing, and the here. thing is that I think that it pa- same I mean, thing with with. Uh, but let's be let's be real though. I mean, as much as like you can bitch about the construction of Suicide Squad and the movie itself, uh-huh. I mean, it has its issues, right? Uh-huh. I mean, I didn't dislike it, but she held this movie up. Yeah, and if it wasn't for her, it would have been a complete bomb. But I'm going to tell you, the other characters. I think still did with the roles that they had did a good job with them, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that Will did a crappy I think, job. I think the only one that was written badly and that was that was more screenwriting and like costume design was 
was Joker. Oh, well, and you know what? I'm just, I, I mentally have left that out. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying it's it's a pivotal role in what we're talking about because well, I know it I is. Think, but, yeah. I think that, that the way that they built that character on Joker, like Margot Robbie's uh, Harley Quinn and, and the whole scene that you get with, with her and Joker with the shock yeah. therapy treatment. Right. And you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill you. I'm just gonna hurt you, yeah. real bad. And so, um, they, you know, that adds such a dynamic to that sure. character. And just, just you know, 10, 15 seconds mm-hmm. worth of footage does so much for oh, the character. And they, they used, they used the real estate that they had, yeah, in a, in the best way possible. Yeah, and I think that's where where they that character ended up yeah. on top. But yeah. No, I mean we can we can say the same thing. This is kind of where you're you're noticing this now, but I think that that this has kind of existed as a trend. Obviously, we got we got some failed attempts on it with like the Ghostbusters okay. movie and stuff fail. like that. Dark Phoenix fail. fail. So uh, I mean, there's a ton. Uh, of Dark Phoenix. Uh, yeah, Dark fail. Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Yes. Um, fail. Hunger Games. Um. The, good point. I'll take that. Is, is I'll take that. I'll take Star that. Star Wars, the most recent Star Wars trilogy I'll with take Rey. It. I'll take that. You're right. Um, yeah. You know, there there have been plenty of of movies that that have okay. So trilogies. You know. Well, no, your point. You no, know, your point's well taken. I think you brought up yeah. two extremely, extremely convincing points to say yes, the move has been going in this direction. But what I'm going to give you with the other things I'm talking about is we're yeah. seeing a plethora of more okay. a lot more of i think in that direction girl with the dragon tattoo too huh girl with the dragon yeah tattoo. but i think that i mean is those t- that movie itself unfortunately wasn't huge they, it was made very sequels. well done it, it was, wasn't oh, it was a no, no, great no, no, movie no 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 i'm not but saying yeah, that yeah it wasn't it was kind of a different genre different feel yeah different type of feel to yeah. it but i mean completely get it i mean yeah, it if you want to talk well, strong no. strong female characters you can i mean let's go uh even with uh homeland i mean yeah, as, homeland, as messed yeah, up huge. as she is too yeah. i mean but she's again, still great acting great, great acting great and i think writing. it's a very strong female character that has to face so yeah. much so many challenges and so many things that she does in that and that i don't even want to get into how close to home that hits with me yeah you know in that yeah, show yeah. but i mean it got to the point where that show was getting a little too close to reality that it had yeah. to, that they had to actually reel that mother in. Yeah. So, but anyways, regardless, I think that you know she and that and let's talk. I mean, we never even talked about home then because I mean, obviously, it's kind well, of. Well, I don't I think mean, that we should based upon. Yeah, I, you know what well, we both know. Let's just move yeah, on from that. Let's just well. skip from that. So, but like bottom get line, dangerous really quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, back to what we should be talking about would be, um, again, I think this movement where we're going to start seeing these characters that are not being portrayed as, and again, I'm not trying to be rude, sexist, or whatever, but these little foo-foo type of fembot type of females that are just, you know, on there for appearance sakes. They have meaning. And I think that you're going to see it in Birds of Prey. And I think they got a really strong cast because they got Black Canary in it. They have the Huntress. They have um, 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 the Mexican lady. Um, yeah, the one with the mask. Rosie Perez. Or the sword. No, Ro- no, Rosie Perez. No, that was the Japanese lady. Uh, you're talking about the katana. 
Yeah, but but, but also the the one that was in uh, the Suicide Squad that had the the oh, mask, Ren- the, Renee, the witch. Renee, hold on, let me get my thoughts straight. Renee Montana, yeah. played by Rosie Perez. Yeah. She's in it. Yeah. And she's pretty good too. Um, Rosie hasn't done much, but you know she's back now for this. Um, but okay, let's go back to what you were saying. So you're talking about Katana. Yeah, the the chick that had the katana. That the spirit inside yeah. of it. Okay. Yeah. Badass, by the way. Yeah. Super yeah, yeah, yeah. badass. Yep. Dude, come on. A chick with the ninja skills and a samurai yeah. sword, how badass? I mean, come on, it doesn't get more yep. badass than that. I'm not even going to touch that anymore. So, um, also in Birds of Prey, which I really like, I think it's going to help support it even more, is that um, McGregor's in it too. You and McGregor's in it. Who's okay. he playing on? Black Mask. Oh, okay. Okay. And you remember um, Victor um, Victor Zizar, the guy yeah. that every time he kills somebody, he, he puts a the, check the, mark on yeah. himself, yep. and he's covered in all those little things or whatever? Yep. He's in that, too. So he's going to be in Birds of Prey as well. And Zaz. I'll be, Zaz. Yeah. I'll be, dude, I'll be honest with you. That really, in my mind, is that's one of the creepiest dudes. If he's done right. Oh, he no. The, he, I think he's going to be done right. You think but, he's I mean, I mean right? in the comics, you don't think he's you don't think he's he super creepy. Oh no, I could completely agree. Yes, in the comics, with the the trailer that they just released, it doesn't look like he's well. You know, necessarily going to be done right unless it's like super early in his career and it's kind of working on and he's he's going to be used elsewhere as well or by the end of the movie. I don't think he he, I, d- I don't think they take him beyond this. I think or at the end of the movie that he ends up being. A lot more messed up than he was at the beginning of the movie. I think that, and again, I'm only surmising. I think this is also kind of like a pivotal point for Black Mask, mm-hmm. where the, you're also going to see a transition of Ewan McGregor turning into Black Mask. Yeah. In this, I don't think that he. I don't. Again, don't know, but I. I'm just thinking that would make sense is that you see the transition of him turning into Black Mask, and he continued to be an antagonist, and they could take this further. But I don't think... I think they can just, like... They can take they can take him out and put somebody else in at any time. But I think that you want to have that dynamic because these are... these are Both both these dudes are Batman guys. They're mm-hmm. both Batman villains. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean... Well, and again, obviously, she's in the Batverse, in a sense. You know? When, you mean, obviously, attached to, to Joker and stuff, too. But getting back to the premise of what we were talking about... Um, what Margot Robbie has been able to purvey or you know show on screen and be able to execute and her acting chops with with this particular character Harley Quinn, it just doesn't stop. And I'll be honest, I can't get enough of it. No, I really can't. Yeah. And you know, in this one, they still they got her walking with the sledgehammer too. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, it's not the comic book one where it's ginormous, yeah. but it's like in it's in. Like what reality, mm-hmm. in a sense. So you're gonna see her swinging the sledgehammer and stuff like that too, and then it's just like her whole point is like she's establishing herself. She has now left this relationship with the Joker, okay, and this is her coming out party, you yeah. know. And I think that's awesome. And they have that whole Marilyn Monroe scene yeah. where she's like dressed up, obviously like Marilyn. She's singing yeah. and she's doing whatever she does or whatever. The one thing, the one thing I don't like. What? 
and I and I maybe I don't know. She has a tattoo running down her jawline. I don't want that. On my uh, Harley yeah, Did I didn't see notice it? it. I didn't honestly. I honestly didn't okay, well, it. if you see it, to me, it's like we don't need that. To me, that's like I, that's like almost going back to making the mistake that they made with. Um, but again, it's not a mistake that's going to affect the film. But it's like the way that yeah, they I've treated the Joker, though. I don't like. I didn't like the way that they did Jared Leto's Joker with the ha ha ha's and all that bullshit. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I, with this one, I, I just don't think it was necessary. I think just having her. Having her like you know hair color different on the ends or whatever is enough to do it all. And again, not not dressing her up in the whole Harley Quinn outfit, I think is 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 great. I mean, just having her be who she is. But so, anyways, that's one that's one area that I'm talking about. So there's a couple other ones that we're going to talk about that I think. Are, do you have anything else that you want to talk about on that one? Or? No, I mean, um, I. I I, I, no, I don't really have anything no. else to say. Okay. Well, still going down that line, so I'm like, we, I've been like, obviously it was the launch of all the new TV shows, right? So, one that ties into a into a graphic comic as well is uh, Stumptown. Have you yeah, seen I've seen, I saw, I heard about this. Um, so Colby uh, Smolders, who is as uh, Maria Hill from Shield. Yeah. Right. So we know her from all the movies and stuff. Um, so Stumptown is the story of this woman named Dex, Dex, uh, Par, Parlos, I think is her name, or Parlo, or Parlos, or something like that. Yeah. Her name's Dex. And, um, it's the story, again, of a, um, again, graphic comic, it's adapted from a graphic novel, comic, okay, very short run, um, it was written by a guy named, uh, Greg, uh, Rucka. And Matthew Sutherland, who basically wrote it, inked it, drew the whole dealio. I think it was written by Greg, but basically created by both of them, but written by Greg. And then Matthew did the artwork and, and the pen work and stuff like that. So anyways, it's their baby. So I'm not sure, and I tried to research this a little bit, but I couldn't get it before we started talking, is um, how much influence they have over the show. But the premise of the show is that Dex is a woman that has served in the military she's a former marine that was in a situation where she was and the premise of the first graphic novel is this but they wrapped it up in one episode which i thought was kind of like wow that's that's a lot so she was in the military and she joined the military chasing her boyfriend who joined the military as well and he was of indian descent american indian descent and those two both joined the military, and when they did, they were obviously both in Afghanistan. They were kind of separated to a degree, and it was one of those things where he was he was an American Indian, and he's from a tribal family that runs a casino and all this type of stuff. And it was one of the like they did not want him like going outside of their culture, <coughs> and you know being with somebody else. <coughs> i.e. Dex, who is obviously not American Indian. So, while they're in Afghanistan, um, he realizes that, you know what, Dex is who he wants to be with. She's in, like I said, one area, he's in another area. He's, somebody's supposed to go home. I don't remember, I think it was him. He was supposed to go home, 
but he changed his he went changed his mind, stayed behind and took a Humvee to try to get to her to be able to propose to her. What yep. do you think happens? ID. Do, doesn't work out, right? Yeah. He dies. So he dies, and of course, it's known now that this is what it is. And of course, Dax, on the other hand, is a woman in the comic books. And again, I'm not sure how this parallels the comics, if the, if the TV show is a direct correlation or not. The premise is the same, but I'm not sure. In the comic book, she is, she is written as a bisexual, like, like unlicensed private detective type thing. Which, again, this gets back to what we were talking about before, right? Yeah, so it's a component. It's, but it's a not, component, and it's, it's not, not the only it. thing. And what I loved about the programming, and I've watched two episodes of this. So she meets this other guy, and um, the first episode she deals with having to get back the granddaughter of the Indian mother of the husband that died. Or the, I'm sorry, her potential fiancé that died. And she's never been able to suck it. She's, she's a hard-drinking she has all the components of like your punisher in a sense, right? Yeah. So hard drinking, can't commit, has all these type of issues and stuff. And they develop this character so quickly within the first two episodes is that she she's multidimensional. And this Colby, she's great. She's a great actress. She really does. She plays all the dimensions very, very, very well. And then they get into this situation where um, they go back and forth, and they get like they, it's a, there's a time jump too, where they go back and try to explain some things. But the thing is, she's a badass, dude. She will, she will, she will beat the living tar out of you. You know what I'm saying? And it's like the the scenes that they have. I mean, it's like even for um, the shows, like for being a network show, it's like they're right there. They're pushing the edge. You know what I mean? As yeah. far as the beatdowns go, yeah. and she and she does. She puts a beatdown. And the thing is, is like. But it's but it's 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 reality too because sometimes she's like fighting two dudes. Well, she can take like one and she can stumble two guys. But at one point, one big guy is going to get a hold of her. You know yeah. what I mean? And she takes she takes lickings too. But of course, she always gets it in the back end. You know, she yeah. always she always wins in the back end. But the bottom line, the character development, the complexity of the character, the storyline, and one thing I said after watching two episodes of this show, I looked over at my wife and I said, you know what? You know why this show's going to make it? It's not because of how well that that woman does this part, and she does it extremely well. And I'll, and Rotten Tomatoes right now has it at ninety six percent. Okay, so I'll tell you why it's going to work. The writing, the writing. Again, we've talked about writing before. The writing in this show is fantastic. It's really good. She's on all these levels. And what I thought was interesting is in the second episode. They talk about how she has this one guy that she's friends with who she hooked up with a long time ago. And that's the other thing, too. She's indiscriminate about who she hooks up with because, obviously, she has issues. So she has uh, the need for something. And, obviously, she's lost that when her potential fiancé died. It just compounds all the other issues she has. But um, they're, in, they're sitting in a cafe and they're talking back and forth, this one guy... And he's mentioning something, and they're talking. It's like, oh yeah, this one person that we, you know, well, we dated, and it was a girl. So they touched on her bisexuality, and then just moved off of it. So it wasn't like that. Again, it's just one component. We got now. So this is what I'm dealing with. We got a marine, PTSD, bisexual, 
hard drinking drunk. You know what I mean? We got all these things, and it's like this character is so complex, and they are really fleshing out the character in the writing. I think it's a great show, and I think if this doesn't continue, it's a mistake. And I think that, and I have not read this book. I think it was a short, very short run. It wasn't a long run by these two guys, but these guys have both written. Um, Greg and Matthew have both worked on Batman and some other DC materials as well. So they got chops, you know. So Stump Town, I, I check it out. I, I think it's what's great. it on? Uh, uh, ABC, I think. Or, yeah, I think it's ABC. Yeah. So I like it. And Stump Town, just so you know, Stump Town is Portland, Oregon. Uh-huh. And the reason it's called Stump Town, anybody's asking, it's not because people have stumps there. It's because basically when um, they were settling Portland in a sense and they were expanding, they eventually had to cut down, like start like harvesting all the trees out of there. Uh-huh. And when they did, they cut them all down and left the stumps. What people used to do, though, is jump from stump to stump to avoid the like rainy waters and the muddy stuff. Yeah. And so it just became called Stump Town. Mm. So... Eventually, they pulled the stumps out, but anyway, so that's Stump Town. I think it's great. Like I said, 96 on the ratings, I, I think, is great. I think, I hope it sticks, and I, I can't say enough about her because she's holding this up, man. She's really talented, and we see her, like, you know, we know her from the Avengers, and we know her from those other shows that we watch her on, S.H.I.E.L.D. and whatever have you, but I think this one really shows her range, so that's my opinion. Um... So going on again into the same context, like so, the premise of the Stumptown is all about strong female character, right? Yeah. Move into the other show that I'm watching right now too that just came out, and I think this might be CBS. I'm not sure who it's on. I watch it on stream, so I don't know who it is for sure. Um, Emergence. Yeah. Okay. So Emergence kind of really falls more into our genre. <laughs> yeah. In a sense, I mean that's a graphic novel, so that does too, but. With emergence, it's more of a situation where there was this this plane wreck that happened off of this little type of podunk town in Long Island, and when this plane crashes, um, the police chief like kind of it's kind of like a Stephen King kind of feels like a little like little beachy town or whatever like up on the coast. She goes out and there's a little kid hiding in the dunes, and the little kid's like all gets all attached to her and stuff like that. And um, and then all of a sudden, she's like, okay, I'll take the kid to the hospital. Well, the next day, for some strange reason, the entire wreck is gone. Yep. Okay, so basically, it's... And then she runs into this conspiracy theory guy that writes for Reuters. Mm-hmm. That comes out and says, well, I'm going to tell you what they're going to say right now. They're going to say it's some kind of a weather drone that, that hit the beach. Yep. And, of course, the story comes out the next day. It's a weather drone. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, there's something about this little girl... That is, I don't know if it's, I, I really don't, to be honest with you, I'm not sure if it's alien or type of a supernatural thing or if it's a governmental experimental thing or whatever it is, but this little girl ends up carving something out of her neck, which is like a tracker beam thing, mm-hmm. and there's some other type of components and stuff. So it has a good feel to it, but mm-hmm. again, the lead character, again, is about this uh, police chief, uh, Joe, who's played by um, Allison uh, Tolman, who is also the same person that played in the Fargo series. Yeah, I was about to say, it sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. So you, if you see her, she's one of those people, you see her, you recognize her. But she was in Fargo. She's been in some other stuff, too, that you, I'm sure people have seen. So I don't, again, it's like that 
there's a conspiracy theory thing type going on too. It's really, I don't know, I think it's very interesting. And of course, that everything that's associated with it, they got like basically cleaners coming in and getting rid of stuff. And it's like, you know, the first time she had, she, she ended up keeping this kid and saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put this kid in, in, in protective services because people could come get this child. And she's, and she's not convinced that something's on the up and up, right? So she keeps the kid. Well, of course, two parents come forward and say, well, it's my kid. Well, she starts asking them questions. She can clearly tell they're not. I mean, once she interrogates them a little bit, that's not the parents. It's somebody that was sent from somewhere, which we don't know where yet. You know what I mean? That has come to collect this child. So it's kind of almost has like a like a stranger feel thing to it as well. Yeah, you know, stranger things. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's like a little piece to that. If this holds up, if this holds up and has some substance. This could be a really good show. Mm. But again, I just, I like, I, I do, I truly appreciate the strong female leads that they're putting in all of these shows. And we keep seeing this, it's going through, through, and through, right? So, you know, I appreciate it. I like it. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it looks interesting from the commercials I've seen. I haven't been able, I haven't had a chance to go look into it. Yeah. Well, there's only two episodes so far, so you should, you should catch up. Yeah. No, I definitely will. Um, some things that, uh we've gotten into on the podcast we, we really haven't covered tv shows as much as we probably should have and um we definitely want to do that in the future um do you have anything else you want to talk about well i mean you know other than the stuff that's that's female-led you know we there's some other there's been some other really good shows that have either returned this um, year or have, have started out. So kind of want to go over some stuff that we've been watching um, sure. separately uh, or and, and stuff that we're, we're both yeah. watching. Uh, Rookie Season 2 has came out um, and we've talked about um, we've talked about Nathan Fillion a mm-hmm. lot on the TV show or on the, the podcast. Um, I haven't watched all of Season 1 yet so I haven't, I haven't, definitely haven't watched Season 2 but um Good God, man, does he do such a fantastic job on this TV show? Mm. Like this TV show, it's a co- it's a buddy cop TV show, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, Helm and his his partner, and he's he's this guy who was something else other before um, before he chose to be a cop, and then in his forties he chooses to be a mm. cop. So. You know he's he's a rookie, but he's he's a seasoned salt and pepper rookie type of thing. So yeah. um, he's always having to work to prove himself as the old guy on the the, the, the team of. So that's where the okay, that's, I got it. that's okay. kind of the thing that 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 revolves around the series. But really, really good. Um, season one's definitely out there. Um, season two just came out, so um i don't think that season one was too terribly long uh from what i remember um of watching it it didn't seem like it was too terribly long i just dropped off of it because i had other things going on um definitely plan on going back and finishing up season one the um and then another thing that i saw this past week that did or this since the the fall started and and i have watched there and they just finished up episode two this past week, and they'll they'll be doing episode three, uh, I think, on Monday. This is Prodigal Son. Um, yeah, you brought that up. Oh, I oh I, that made me think of something else when you said son, but remind me. Go ahead. Yeah, so 
the prodigal son is it opens up with this kid um, who I think was like eight years old at the time, and he goes and um, uh, turns in his dad for being a serial killer, and so he's he's stumbled upon his dad's extracurricular activities, um, and his dad's like the the equivalent of like the the um uh zodiac killer where he's killed like a ton of people and they've they uh, that they know of and there there's possibly a ton more and he goes through and and um kind of catches his dad um in the act or not exactly in the act but yeah like catches his dad with with things going on and um, calls the police on him, gets him arrested. The kid grows up. The kid becomes a forensic um, investigator for, or not forensics investigator, but uh, a, a um, uh, behavioral an- a- analyst guy. So uh, oh, okay. profiler for the FBI. Um, yeah. Quickly gets kicked out of the FBI um, within like the first 10 minutes of the TV show. And because he's... Um, displaying traits of the similar to his father so they're kind of worried that he's um minority reporting his ass yeah exactly so they're kind of worried that he's a psychopath and that he's um he's kind of going down the trail to where something could turn bad really quickly wow so he comes back home to new york and um who's the actor do you know I don't know. It's okay, nobody that you would recognize. Just your flow. Don't do your flow. Yeah, it's it's nobody that you would recognize, but um, he's good. He's really good, and so, or at least they, I, I don't recognize. But um, he, the the dad though is, is somebody that you'd recognize, but I don't remember his name. Um, he goes through and um, he comes back home after being being kicked out of the FBI. His the guy that turned in his dad. Or the guy that arrested his dad, the guy, the guy that showed up to the house after he called the cops, yeah, uh, the the detective, um, kind of uh, hits him up, and then um, he, as he gets back in town after a couple of days, and he's like, "I got this thing that I'm working on. Um, you know, you're not doing anything right now. Do you mind taking a look?" And he's like, "Well, you know, I'm not a profiler. I got kicked all FBI." And he's like, "Good thing I don't work for the FBI. I work for the NYPD." So he, he brings him on to this, um, and it ends up being his dad's um, M.O. Oh. So somebody's copying counting his dad, forces him to go back to his dad, and oh. kind of try to or, and Great somewhat rekindle this relationship yeah. with his dad. And a little his lector, dad, hand lector situation. Exactly. And so you don't know if his dad's kind of trying to pull the strings as he's been following along, and... Yeah. Trying to get back in touch with his son, stuff like that. Um, so um, that's really deep. It's yeah, it's it's a very very good TV show. Oh, wow. Very very interesting. Um, definitely, de- I cannot recommend it enough. It is fantastic. It's oh, that's cool. now granted, it's one thing. It's a TV show that I really really like. So the likelihood is they'll get, get canceled, canceled. Yeah. after a season. So yeah. take it with you know grain of salt, but. It's a very, very good TV show. You should definitely watch it. Yeah. Here's another one for you, too. Uh, Bill Pullman does one called The Center. Yes. Oh, that, my God, yes. That is really Very good. similar to this. That Dude, that's a roller coaster. Yeah. Jessica Bill did the first yeah. one. 
And the the first one is basically Jessica Biel ends up like sitting on a beach, or their kids are playing on a beach. She takes a knife, goes up and just stabs this dude. Complete. I mean, it's just yeah. insane. No context to why she's doing it. Yeah, none. And that's the entire thing. So that you're trying to figure out along with the detective. Yeah. It is exactly how a Batman movie should be told. Oh God, it is so good. And the second yeah. one, I just watched the second season of The Center. Bill Bill Pullman is still the detective. Jessica Bill's not on, of course, but she produces it. But um, it's really good. It's just like just as soon as you think it, it like you if you if you're just like doing linear thought, you're completely wrong. Yeah, I mean you're just you're just so wrong. This is not CSI. This is not Law and Order. This is this is something that is really smart, smart television, and it's really good. Watch the Center. I mean, you talk about other shows to watch. Watch yeah. that one. That's yeah, really both good. seasons are very very good on it. Um, it should be coming out for season yeah. three soon too. Yeah. Oh, um, other strong woman characters. One yeah. other one I throw out there too. Uh, hand Hands Made Tale. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh that yeah. is. Yeah, my ridiculous, ridiculous. That character, oh, she is so, so, so. I, I can't say enough. It's just I know your wife loves it. I watch it. My wife loves it. Yeah, I've watched a few episodes. You watched a few, and I'm telling you what that that whole that whole that whole show is just so it's it's unnerving at points. Yeah, but it's really good, and I think most people probably have, have heard of it or have caught some of it. But it's it's something to see again. We're talking about the strong female leads in controlling the show, and I think that's that's interesting. But anyways, it's interesting because it's good though too. Yeah, that's what matters. But do you have anything that you're watching that just came out this uh, year? Other than those season? two I just mentioned, we're watching those. We're watching uh, Queen of the South. We watched. Oh, here's yeah, another yeah. one. Queen of the South. Queen of the South is another female-led show which is phenomenal it, it's the whole story of a rise of this one girl from the streets of mexico into the drug cartels of the mexican drug cartels how mm. she rises to become basically the drug lord of texas for the yeah. most part and well not just texas arizona it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger for her but great great show and it's something that is um as ridiculous as these stories may seem like what these cartels do i'm gonna tell you right now it's legitimate yeah so these these things and these things that they say that they're doing yeah, they and these doing. these activities that they're doing and this this is really bizarre bizarre ass dude who is actually um you ever watch uh, ray donovan who's a great yeah. show so ray donovan's he has two buddies right he has the girl and the other guy mm-hmm. the other guy that yeah. guy he plays this one character who is this, like, he's created a religion about himself, in a sense. Uh-huh. It's bizarre. And he and he's, uh, controls all the cocaine coming out of Bolivia. And um, she has to deal with him. And it's just, like, it's just, it's a great show. It's so, it's really, really good. And uh, it plus it's taught me a ton of Mexican swear words. That I use as often as I possibly can. So, and not to mention, um, language enhancers. It also has a rapper in it called Snow the Product. And yeah. if you've never listened to Snow the Product, um, take a listen to her. I think she's really good. Um, I think she's underrepped. 
She doesn't seem she has a couple albums out and she has some good some some strong songs, but her flow and the way that she raps, she has the same cadence and the the way that she raps is on the same quickness and wordsmithing as Eminem. And so wow. it, it's she's well, really talented. Praise. Oh, it's praise. I mean, there's no doubt about it. She's really good. And people are are paying attention to her and she's like you you'll see her name featured like you know always like you know one rapper like every, what rap song doesn't have 20,000 people on it right yeah. but she does a lot of crossovers and stuff like that but she raps in Spanish and she also raps in English, English. and she does songs like she has a song called Bilingual which is pretty cool she has um, Wasted Time she has some really cool songs so anyways take a listen to her I like her personally I think I think her beats are strong she has a pop feel to her to a degree and she has some of that crossover, like rapping with someone that's actually singing underneath her. But her beats are really tight, and uh, I think that her flow is really, really strong. And I think that we'll see more of her as we go along, and especially from Queen of the South. Being in that has gotten her probably more publicity, and hopefully, we'll her next album should be coming out soon. So take a listen. She keeps dropping singles every now and then, but. Yeah, she just dropped one called Butter, which is not bad. But, anyways, Queen of the South, watch it. It's on Netflix. You can stream. I think the first three series, and then once you start, you will not stop. I guarantee it. So, anything else? Um, as far as shows that we're watching, um, what else are we tuning into right now? Uh, no, my wife's not really making me watch anything else. I don't want to say. <laughs> I mean, we 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 definitely watch. Uh, she loves the show with uh, <laughs> the paranormal show with uh, Steve Deshavi. Yeah, and, the paranormal uh, investigators. Yes, she loves that show. We watched. I've seen every episode of that. And by the way, why does every paranormal event have to happen in like the northern Midwest? Yeah. Why can't we have? Well, there's there's been two that I found within around Chattanooga that I need to go check out. But that's still in the same kind of like Ohio, Pennsylvania. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing know, I mean, like in, I mean, in like St. Louis, Missouri, yeah, Utah. What yeah. goes on in Utah? There's a bunch yeah. of crazy people out there. What the hell's going on in Utah? You know. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's. Anyways, I think that show is pretty cool. I like. I, I think Steve Deshawi is a badass. He's he's a retired New York Police Department guy. Yeah, and like in the first episode, you don't really notice it because he's kind of like, and again, there's probably like eight seasons of this stuff. I don't know, but like later on, you start to see like the dude's tatted up and everything, and you just don't even know it because he's an older dude, right? Yeah. But then later in the episode, he's wearing a polo shirt. You can see his tats are like hanging out and stuff. So, anyways, it's a cool show, but it's it's more of like uh, just one of those filler type of deals. But uh, other other than new shows, that that's really all we're tuning into. And of course, uh, we're watching the um, This Is Us. Yeah. Because uh, we have to. It's a it's a requirement yeah. being from Pittsburgh. Yeah. That you must watch that show. Yeah, so. that and um, and that and it's really things. good. Yeah, it was really good too. Yeah. yeah. And oh, 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 that's a great show too. A million little things. Yeah, did you ever watch Psych with that same guy? No, I watch. I watched. I've I've seen episodes of Psych. And yeah. I do like them. I think it's a. I think it's a good premise. I like the show. I really like that guy. Like that that yeah. actor that plays um, in Psych mm-hmm. and, and a million little things. Like I feel yeah. like he's the type of guy that like we could hang out with and like we'd 
he had, we'd had just have a good time with. Yeah. Like, good he just dude. seems like a really down-to-earth, like, good guy. Yeah. Oh, um, I'll tell you one show that I was watching that I quit watching. Yeah. Lethal Weapon. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, because oh, the... Because Well, it's left. not airing anymore. Yeah, it's off. Is it it's done? done? It should be done. Somewhere. You know what? That was the stupidest no, the, thing. I'm going to rant on this for a minute, because you know what? That was just complete BS. Yeah. You know what? I mean, come on. I mean, I like Damon Wayans. I love him. I think he's hysterical. I love Loving Color. I love. I, I think he's really funny. The, yeah. the combination of those two on screen yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. Now, this situation where he was removed from the show for whatever. No, not he, Damon Wayans, the other guy. The other guy. Yeah. And I forget his name. but Yeah, the one that plays Mel Gibson's character. Yeah. Oh, I just ruined the show. I, and you know what? And they said, oh, we're And don't get me wrong. I like him, the, yeah, the Stifler. The Stifler, yeah. I like Stifler. But you know what? And Stifler actually did a really but, good job on but it's it. Not, like it was, but like, it's not fair to no, Stifler. No. It's not fair to put Stifler in that situation, though. No. You know what I mean? And and, and here's the proof is in the pudding, right? Yep. They killed the show. Yep, yep, they killed And it's the one show. of those things where, like, as soon as you saw Lethal Weapon, oh, they're doing a show on the movie, you're thinking, okay, this isn't going to be that interesting. It was good. Very good. And, uh, Yeah, that's it. probably, like, the only time they've really done... A show on a movie, Let's, like yeah. or after mm-hmm. a movie, and it's, it's been good. Yeah. So, anyways, I refuse to. I refuse to. I didn't watch. I watched not one episode with Stifler. No, I watched. I, I liked it. That, that season was. Or I, I thought he did a good job. Stifler did. I mean, David Wayans. I feel like kind of phoned it in towards the end. Yeah. But. Eh. Anyways. Regardless. So. Now we lead into a part of the program that we like to call Danley Ask a Question. Yes. So, Matt, what question does Danley have for us this week? So, Danley has posed a question to us, and his question is, I want to get it exactly as he stated it. Uh, Best... 90s era band and why? So, and I'll give you, you want me to give you Dan, Danley's answer first or you want to answer first? I want you to give me Danley's answer first and then your answer because I'm kind of stuck in between two. Okay. And if one of you guys pick one of those, I'm going to guarantee you right now, my paycheck, you're not going to pick mine. Okay. Danley's is Nirvana. Okay. Why? Okay. Does he explain why? Well, because obviously he feels that Nirvana obviously was the genesis of the grunge movement, creating that whole genre. And and again, don't get me wrong, I completely understand where he's coming from, and he's completely on point where he said we would have no, there'd be no Foo Fighters without them, there'd be no this without them. and be no Alice in Chains, there would be no... Like, there was a, there was a term. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Movie. You're right. And, the, yeah, no Alice in Chains, too. Yeah, right. So, so his feeling is, is that that really is what... Again, we talk about the 90s, right? We all, and, and most people go gravitate right towards that particular piece. And don't get me wrong, I'm a metal guy. I'm, I'm a huge metal dude. I'm an Iron Maiden guy. I'm a hair metal band. I like Rat. I like, you know what I mean? I mean, I go down the list with what I like. You know what I mean? But, you know, Maiden's way up there. Metallica's way up there. Like, all that type of metal stuff. But I also have a different side to me, too. 
that I like a lot of other things. I mean, I'm a huge Bob Marley guy. I like tons of other things. I'm like, I'm not tied to one genre in yeah. any stretch of the imagination. It's just that, you know, if I was to sit down and, and, and have to go through like a, a trivia challenge on 80s metal, mm-hmm. I really would be hard pressed to find someone that could beat me other than Eddie Trunk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but. That being said, he likes Nirvana for those particular reasons because I do I don't disagree with him, and I just kind of like was poking him back in a little bit and said, "Hey, don't forget about Pearl Jam," <laughs> you know, because to me, you know, it, you know, this isn't who I'm going to say is my band, but Pearl Jam to me is I like Pearl. You, it's like one of those things. You're in one of two camps, right? You like yeah. either the Beatles or the Stones, right? Yeah. So I I like Pearl Jam more than Nirvana. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Smells like Teen Spirit. That was just crazy. That was just... I mean, it literally... It blew up. It blew up. So I'm going to give you my story on Pearl Jam real quick. So I lived with a fraternity brother in college named Aaron. And he came in to my, to my room. He said, hey, dude, you got to listen to this. And I'm like, what is that? He's, getting, he's holding a CD up in his hand. Yeah. Back then we bought CDs. So he had a CD in his hand. She got to listen to this. And I said, what it is it? It was on 8-track. <laughs> I said, what is that? And he said, yeah, the laser disc of the gun. <laughs> then we watched the laser disc of the Dark Crystal. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then uh, he says, you got to listen to this. And I'm like, what is that? He said, Pearl Jam. I said, dude, that is the gayest name I've ever heard of. <laughs> and he's like, and again, I don't mean that in yeah, a and you know negative connotation yeah, to you know people who are homosexual. Exactly. So yeah. just to be clear. Yeah, context. Um, yeah. To... So... He's like, no, you don't understand. I'm like, what do you mean I don't understand? He's like, just sit down. So, of course, you, I go into his room. He has the complete Onkyo stereo system, CD player, Boston acoustic speakers. This guy's decked out. He's got, my, my roommate had it all. And uh, he puts this on, and we're listening to this CD, and he like does one. He's like, oh, I'm like, and, my, and I'm like blown away. And it, we just listened to that whole CD, and I'm like, I'm like, wow. I was like, it literally blew my mind. I like, I'm like, step back. I'm like, holy crap. I said, you know what? I said, metal is now over. I mean, metal's over. This is it now. And Nirvana already had the Teen Spirit thing that came out a little bit, like, like not much before. I mean, they were real close. And it's like, okay. So I'm like thinking, wow, this is amazing. And it was amazing. And it was an amazing period of time where. Music had made such a dramatic shift into that particular piece. And then, of course, that just leads into the Matchbox 20 and the Smashing Pumpkins and uh, all these other bands, Seven Mary 3, you know, the Verve Pipe. And, I mean, you just keep going down the list. I mean, there's so many bands that just flew out at that time that had so Marcy's Playground. There's so many bands that really, Wallflowers. You keep going. You just keep, you can just keep going. It really brought a different sound to everything. Yeah. And... Th- but that's not my favorite band, though. That at that time, if you're asking me what was the most pivotal piece of music or pivotal album yeah. that came out at that time in the '90s, that would not be my pick. So, what's your pick? Let me ask you what you think my pick might be. I don't know. This one's really tough for me, even like because because you think about like if you ask me a question, especially on '90s music. And and what was the most influent or like what was the most pivotal um, band from the '90s that that has a lot of incantations with it? So it's going to be something that's carried over 
into today's realm, like okay. like something that's 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 made such an impact that that people have grown off of that. Um, I don't want to because I'm going to give you my answer. I'm going to go ahead and give you my answer, and then we'll come back to you. Okay. Because I'm really curious where you get, get yours. And mine's kind of on the news a little bit, but it, it it's deservingly so. Okay. So mine's mine's gonna be Green Day. Ah. And Green Day because Green the Dookie, Day Dookie album. The Dookie album, exactly. Yeah. So the Dookie album before Dookie, punk rock was was the Sex Pistols. It was maybe the Ramones. It was, and we've we've definitely had this discussion before on things that punk rock was. With Dookie, punk rock changed. Yes, forever. I agree. And um, it's it's been just building off of Dookie ever since. Like whenever you talk about My Chemical Romance, whenever you talk about um, Fall Out Boy, whenever you talk about like all those bands now that 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 fit within any type of rock genre, they have some type of Green Day influence on them. Sure. Anything that's came out past two thousand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's um, that I would have to say Green Day and then more specifically the Dookie album yeah. or is, is what sh- my my pick for the most influential band album no. of the 90s. And that's where I'm driving at. And yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah. When I, to your point, you, that is exactly my train of thought. <clears throat> and I think that's Danley's train of thought too. Yeah. Because, like, you can obviously see... You know how Nirvana had just Nirvana changed the landscape of music for that genre. They created mm-hmm. the genre. Yeah, they helped. You know, so the Pearl Jam. But mine is um, probably <laughs> could be surprising. I don't know, but mine definitely is as uh, Dr. Dre the Chronic. Nice. Okay. So. Yep. Um, Same way that Dookie changed the yeah. world of. Uh, Dr. Dre definitely changed the yeah. world of hip hop. So point. people can okay. So this as soon as I say Dr. Dre the Con- Chronic, we're gonna have issues with people because it to me it was a it was a tough pick. Okay, mm-hmm. between Dr. Dre's The Chronic and Ice Cube's The Predator. Yep. Okay, those t- they both came out roughly the same time. Okay, ninety two. Now N.W.A. obviously was Ice Cube, Dr. Dre. Yep. Okay. Now, NWA set the table. Okay. However, Dr. Dre with The Chronic is a, is just an album that is seminal. And it literally changed. It, it brought... We would have brought, no... We, we, we wouldn't we would be, have no Eminem if we didn't have Dr. Day. Well, Dr. We wouldn't Dr. have rap yeah. where it's at today if it wasn't yeah. for them. Well, and I should say we wouldn't, we wouldn't have rap as it was, you know, seven eight years ago. Yeah. Well, if it wasn't, all I can say is rap that today maybe the first time rap. that I listened to the Chronic was the same time. I mean, it was the same period of time that I was listening to leftover metal, leftover in the beginning of grunge, and I was still listening to as as I always do, listen to everything. But what Dr. Dre did is he created a sound. That was so unique, and it was so. And again, it, I mean, it goes back. They call it G funk, right? So it a, he created this G funk sound. So if you're if you're playing the Chronic, and you you hear that 
that West, and, and again, it's the West Coast, East Coast deal, right? You know, you, you get that whole, that's the whole Biggie Smalls, the whole Tupac and all that other BS we will not get into in this episode. But that, that whole other piece with Death Row Records and Bad Boy Records and all that other kind of stuff. But what Dr. Dre did is he created a sound that was so, so specific that it identified with the West Coast and created an identity for Compton, you know, and all that type of stuff. And again, contextually, this album at the time that it was being put out was so resonant against the crap that was going on. The Reginald Dennity, the Rodney Kings, and the, all that type of stuff that, that had happened. It was all, this literally was a precursor. I mean, if you listen to NWA, they're telling you in NWA, like, you can take it one or two ways. You can take it as, like, a bunch of black dudes just, like, like just railing on their situations. Yeah. Or you can take it as, this is a warning sign, guys. You maybe need to, like, realize that you can't just keep, like, you know, clubbing people over the head because I wear baggy pants and Raiders gear. You know what yeah. I mean? Though... If you're in Pittsburgh and you're in Raiders gear, you might yeah, get you hit. I don't know. I'm just saying. That's not because of the color. <laughs> yeah. You could be Irish. You could yeah. be Italian. It doesn't matter. You don't wear anything but Steeler gear in Pittsburgh. But so what he was able to do and create this sound, and you can hear it in all of his songs. There's that like little high pitch, like kind of I want to call it a whistle, but there's like a little beat thing, and it's like you hear it, like where you can hear it the most prevalent is like the influences that Dre even had on Tupac, which Tupac was a split between um, West and East Coast, but you, you hear in um, California, mm-hmm. like with Tupac's album, that, that whole... Nee, 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 yep. nee, nee, that whole thing, that comes from the chronic, and it creates a sound that was so just different, new, and it all harkens back. I mean, these guys are digging into stuff back from like... Like early stuff, like Motown, they're they're going back to like older stuff to influence them, and again, it, it talks about you know they're taking old vinyl to create these these pieces and these things that they do, and I cannot say enough. The Chronic is a masterpiece, top to bottom. Every song's good, and it made it very very difficult because I was so close to picking the Predator, <laughs> and because I love Ice Cube and I love N.W.A. Yeah. You know, and if you can get if you if you listen to them and just take what they're what they're trying to convey and and not be offended by it, then then you've made a huge step. Because most people back in the nineties, if you're a white dude, you you were getting offended by a lot of things that they were saying. You know what I mean? So it, it definitely it changed the landscape for rap. My opinion. People may call me stupid. Whatever, mine's the chronic. Without question, Dr. Dre. He's he is a genius, and I cannot say enough. Now his alignment with Suge Knight and all that stuff. You can Death Row Records and all that kind of stuff. That's a whole other situation, but that album is seminal. Yep, so, I completely agree. So there you go. That's my pick. Awesome. So let us know what your pick is um, as well. Uh, make sure to uh, comment that on the link on Facebook um, or on our Twitter. Um, and uh, we will see you again next time. We'll be on break for a few weeks, but we'll be back eventually. Just bear with us as um, we'll be apart from each other for a little bit. 
Stay strong. Stay strong. Um, until next time, this has been the Nerd Force Podcast.